Hard times are real. There's dusty fields no matter where you go. You may change your mind because the weeds are high where corn don't grow. Travis Tritt. Hello, I'm Tamara Michelle. Real Conversations podcast is created in Dauphin, Manitoba. On this episode, we recorded on the farm fields of St. Rose, Manitoba. I was invited to seed corn with Rob Brunel, also the mayor of St. Rose. Today, he shares with us exactly what it's been like seeding in this wet spring season. Thank you to our show sponsors, Bankert Marketing, Dr. Brenna and Three Graces Medispa, Real Security Solutions, Roofs Furniture and Appliances of Dauphin, Oil Depot of Dauphin, Tri Family Health, Beauty and Fine Gifts of the Paw, Ramsey's Health and Fitness of Dauphin, Cloud Nine Canna Supplies of Dauphin, and Hearts to Nature Fine Art Nature Photography. We're back. Welcome to Real Conversations. Uh, today, I have the privilege of doing something completely different, and I am being joined, or I'm joining, uh, Rob Brunel of St. Rose. Hi, Rob. How are you? I'm good. How are you, too? Right. <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. So, Welcome to my office. <laughs> <laughs> this is a mobile office. Uh, I feel like I'm on like a, a show of like Blacklist or something, but it's like the country version, you know? Yes. Flying in like a plane, but we're on a... We're in a tractor, actually, is uh, what we're doing today. Yes, we're planting. We're planting some corn. That's uh, yeah. Um, it's it's really cool, is all I can say. Um, I wrote, arrived here a little bit earlier, and uh, you invited me up here into the cab, and we have had an opportunity to do a bit of a drive about, have yep. a bit of a discussion about today, and I guess to start. Um, I want to thank you for inviting me here because this is sort of a really fun uh, opportunity to get out uh, for the show for real conversations. Yeah, I'm glad you could come. I think <laughs> you know, I think this is a great, great opportunity, and I enjoy watching your show. And we'll just add a little, little different uh, slice to it today. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Um, yeah, I didn't realize I had people out in St. Rose watching my show, so that's wonderful. <laughs> Modern technology, you're everywhere, Tamara. <laughs> uh, so. Um, we're basically out here seeding corn. Um, can you tell me a little bit, and for the people that are watching, um, what what the whole process is here? Because uh, we're going to probably touch down on a whole bunch of things, including costs and the year that, that you've had, like, coming up to this. Um, what does this year look like, and what is the process here for seeding corn? Well, this year, you know, we've come off some dry years, and 2022 spring is wet and, and and you know, it seems like we're we're almost a month behind behind in the weather, or the you know what we would expect normally for end of May. Um, end of May, we would hope to be wrapped up planting corn because it's a long season crop, and we'd be on to some of our other other crops. But this year, we're really you know, if you would look around the countryside, really farmers in the parkland are just starting to get the feet get in the field and get some crop planted. So. Um, we're, we're seeding, you know, into some really uh, good moisture, which is good, but but the, the lateness of the season is concerning, uh, especially when it's something like corn. Okay. And I know uh, we talked um, yesterday, just briefly, because I saw your post that you had been out seeding for two days. Yeah. And I didn't want to miss the opportunity because you had uh, extended the invitation before and we were just kind of waiting for the right time. So you're into which day of, of seeding now? So this is day three, I believe, of planting corn. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, we've been seeding for four days uh, on our farm, but other crops as well. So, yeah, we're we're really just at the beginning. Um, we're I think last night I did the math, and we're close to twenty percent. But uh, you know, we've kind of changed some approaches on how we're seeding uh, some canola this year, so that's sped up our process. But really, we should be wrapping up seeding on a on a typical spring. Um, you know, the month of May is usually when we get the majority of our farm seeded. So we're we're really kind of not kind of late. We we are late when yeah. it comes to seeding and running out of time, right? Uh, we are running out of time. There's you know, it's been wet. There's some rain in the forecast for the weekend, um, and the land is just to say it's fit to plant um you know it's not i it's not ideal in a perfect world it'd probably wait another day or two to let it dry out a bit more but because we're running out of a bit of time so we're just kind of we're just trying to get done what we can uh with the window of opportunity we have right now okay and i know you and i talked a little bit about the corn seed specifically so uh corn is one of those seeds that needs a longer growing season yeah so typically typically it's the first crop we try to plant as soon as the ground is is warm and dry enough because um, it needs it needs a full season uh, we did a show uh, some time ago when we were harvesting corn yeah. usually we harvest corn in October okay. uh, hopefully not November but sometimes it pushes into November so uh, for a crop in the parkland, corn is not, you know, there's not a lot of green corn grown, but it's uh, it's a, it uses the full season. It's a full season crop here in Manitoba. Okay. And um, I know I was talking to Farmer John actually earlier this week, and we were comparing this year to last year. I mean, you were on the fields, what, 1st of May? Yeah, last year we were started in in April actually. Oh, in April, wow. And Facebook told me this morning that this year, this time last year we were finishing seeding. Wow. So, you know, we're at let's call it fifteen to twenty percent completed, and that's probably on the high end for most farms in the parkland. Okay. Um, whereas last year a lot of people would be wrapping up already. So, right. you know they. That's the nature of farming. We every year is a little different, but definitely adds to the stress of things when uh, you know when we're used to having things done fairly timely. With right, and, and three weeks behind is a like for time as far as farming when it comes to seeding. This is the most important time for farming because if you don't get that seed in the ground, you have nothing. Yeah, and you know seeding it as early as possible is is important because i mean just as we all know as the seasons progress you know august is usually nice and warm dry we may not harvest corn in august but uh, a lot of other crops are harvested so as we delay seeding we delay harvest as well so you know october harvest you know it's always cold and damp and so you know those things all have a chain reaction of when we start later, we usually end our season later as well. Okay. Um, so I know we uh, we have so we have a whole bunch of what are these seagulls? Seagulls, yeah. They're like they're kind of following us, I guess, around. Um, so the machine that you have here today, we have a tractor, obviously, that's pulling a 
is it a the planter? It's a planter. Yeah. Okay. So it's not a seat. It's not an air seeder. No, it's it's not an air seeder. It's a different. It's rather old technology. So this is called a vacuum planter, and it uses uh, vacuum pressure to suck a seed onto a plate. And we'll go and we'll take we'll take a look at that after. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we talked about a um, a planter being using a seed plate. So in, if you look inside there, there's a series of holes, and the vacuum sucks the seed onto these holes and drops them down. So that way, that's how it's counting the seed. So ah. it shows the rate by speeding up or slowing how fast it disappears. Okay. So that's that's what's unique about plants. It it. It counts seeds all day long. So this this machine, if you look at the screen, um, it's planting around 38,000 seeds per acre. And because it has a plate with holes in it, it picks up a seed and it drops a seed. It picks up a seed. So that's how it's, when you plant corn, you want your corn plants spaced out evenly. You don't yeah. want them together. Yeah. You just want a nice little picket fence. Okay. So, cause corn doesn't like competition from each other. So when you space your, your corn stalks out, okay. then you perform, you, you get nice uniform, uh, cobs. Okay. And so that's the key is that is, is the uniformity. So that's the, the design of a planter is to have uniform seed placement. Okay. And this is the same corn that we, you had planted previous? Yes. Which so is one, it's one corn cob per plant, right? One, typically we see one cob per plant. Yeah. Okay. So in an ideal world, we're planting 38,000 cob or plants per acre. Yes. And so we should get 38,000 cobs okay. per acre. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So it's all, it's all about, with corn, it's all about placing that seed independently. Whereas if you're growing wheat or canola or most other crops, um, really the, the importance is getting it in the ground and, and it will compete with itself. Okay. So it's not as important as having a uniform seed placement. So corn is unique that way. That you can space out the rows, but you really, you really want your seeds evenly spaced apart from each other. Okay. We're just doing a turnabout here on the field. Now, you and I talked about um, some other things um, a little bit earlier, and that includes um, all the stuff that's happened with COVID. We don't want to talk about COVID, but we know that it has affected business, it has affected people's lifestyles, it has affected inflation, among other things. Yeah. So your 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 crops going into COVID were pretty normal. And last year you said you had a really great crop. Like it was almost like a bumper crop. Yeah, our crop last year was pretty decent. Um, and we've seen we've been seeing high prices uh, as of late. So it, you know, from an economic standpoint, um, growing crops last year was fairly profitable yeah. um, you know in the grand scheme of things you know crop prices have have gone up considerably in the last um, several years and so um, that's that's been good for farming but costs have gone up as well like we all know uh, whether you're filling your tank of gas up at the gas station or buying groceries you know we know that our dollar doesn't go as far things are costing more right. and this is probably, and I saw stats uh, the other day that this is likely the most expensive crop that Manitoba farmers have ever grown. So the cost of putting in a crop this year is really is quite high. Um, and if we grow a crop, 
you know, so far the prices they're holding. So that works out, you know, high prices and high costs. Right. You know, it doesn't really change your margin maybe, but, yeah. but you know, things are... But the risk and then having the money to go into, with yes. from, like, from the get-go, right? The, the risk of growing this crop is, is probably higher than we've seen uh, ever. Like, the dollar value is... is uh, mind-boggling in some cases. Oh. Um, so if you were going to give an example, I know we were talking about that as well. So your fertilizer, if you're going to go by percentage, compared to last year, what is the cost of fertilizer this year in comparison to last year? So our fertilizer cost, uh, if you were to buy it today, would be probably uh, double of what it was last year. Okay. Maybe even a little bit more, depending. You know, we're getting... There's some there's some supply chain problems with fertilizer. Right. So you know if you were to to bought sometime in the winter time pre bought, um, you were looking at about two times the price it was the year before. Okay, and then your we talked about seed. So yeah, seed gone up. Seed has gone up a little bit. Um, not not as much as fertilizer, but it's it's probably seen an increase of fifteen to twenty percent. Okay. Um, some of it's a little bit more, but you know those they you, you don't notice them as much as the big you know the fertilizer one is the one that's really scares everyone because we see that. Um, but fuel costs have probably gone up uh, 60 percent as well. Yeah, I think that's huge. And I know as consumers, even just running your own household. We're all feeling the pinch, so I can't imagine when you take your numbers versus household numbers, and you know extrapolating that into to funds, it must add up very quickly. It, it does add up, you know, quite quickly. Um, interesting. Yesterday, I filled up at the car lock in in St. Rose with this tractor, so I knew how many acres I sowed. I had sowed about uh, 440 acres of corn, and I burned 520 liters of diesel fuel. So, for you know, for every acre we burnt over a liter yeah. just on fuel, just for putting the seed in the ground. Yeah. Uh, wow. There's a lot of other passes that will happen throughout the year. So, right. so uh, this is just a seed. This is just a seed, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, we're not taking into account everything, the fertilizer. That's right. Uh, yeah, the trend, just you know, just hauling grain or. Know, we get into harvest. Uh, combines burn a lot more fuel than a seeding tractor will burn. But yeah. but even in these wet conditions, we're burning more fuel than on a dry year because the ground's a little harder to go through. We might be spitting a little bit more. Yeah. Going we have around, some wind today. We have some wind. We're going around water holes. Um, yeah. You know, the efficiency just gets a little less. But you know, um, I guess the only blessing that we see right now, and this is the optimism, is that, is that we have really good grain prices. So. It kind of it clouds the extra expenses as the optimist that we're going to grow a great crop. So if we have a great crop with great prices and we spent a lot of money, we'll still, you know, we'll still things will still turn out all right. right. But uh, but right now we're struggling to get our crop in the ground. So yeah. you know, you know, we still we still technically have about a month um, for some crops. We'll definitely be changing some plans if if we get a little later. But you know, uh, we still have a month, so lots can happen. Um, you know, Mother Nature can take care of us and, and grow a bountiful harvest maybe for this year. For sure. <laughs> yes, we're all hoping for that. And I know um, with the parkland, uh, you know, the farmers, how well the farmers do really affects the economics and all of the industry. Absolutely. Everything that you come back and you spend in the community, whether it be, I mean, it could be anywhere. You know, I, I think about even... Um, 
know, some of the machinery you get, your parts. Uh, so that's another question I have is with COVID and the slowdown in factories worldwide, there's been shortages, as yeah. you were saying. Yeah. How has that affected you mechanically? Well, we we kind of I've, I've kind of taken the approach of trying to to look at some of the some of the things we'd normally use or break or wear out during the season and and look at securing those parts sooner than normal. So um, we have things in our shop for supplies that we don't normally store, but we know that the tire shop would have or the parts department at the you know the case dealer or the John Deere dealer would have so you just rely but but since uh, in the last couple of years during covid we've seen shortages and we've seen delays so you know we're trying to be proactive and trying to minimize downtime waiting for that part but there's a lot of parts in these machines and, and you so can, you, you can only keep so far, exactly right? and some of the some of them it's unrealistic to store yeah. because you may never need them but uh but it's it's definitely a challenging that that uh, something could go wrong mechanically and, and it could, you could wait weeks for for that replacement. And I, I keep in mind too that the, the parts that you're using are very specific to our seasons. So those parts won't be in demand in December. Exactly. But they're going to be in demand yeah. now. They're going to be in demand through the season. That's right. Uh, and especially at harvest time yeah. as well. Right? Like yeah. So the parts for a planter, you know, we we do a lot of pre maintenance during the winter and. Uh, even some of the parts that I ordered in November were back ordered into January. So nobody's planting at that time of the year, but, but the factories are just, you know, like my my parts manager told me that we used to have warehouses. And so over the, over through COVID and through these factory shutdowns around the world, we've depleted those excess parts that just sit there and make their way. And we've gone to, you know, and a lot of times we were just a hand to mouth or just in time delivery, and that system has some problems. Yeah. When sure. when the time when it's not delivered it's just in time. Yeah. So. And in a business like this, if you get shut down and you've only got two days of seeding done, and you have you said seven days. Yeah. Well, we like to plant corn in about seven days. So and. You know, if we were starting at the first first of May, uh, we would have till the end of May to plant corn, just not ideally. But since we've started on the what day are we? The twenty third or twenty fourth? Yes. Only a week uh, left. You know, we we're, we essentially have only twenty sixth. Yeah. And crop insurance will have crop full coverage on corn uh, seeded up until I believe the end of May, and then we'll have a reduced coverage for four more days. So essentially we have till the 4th of June to get our corn crop in, to have crop insurance And the coverage. last part of that is sort of you take some of the risk. Yeah, they, they'll... Uh, it's like 80% coverage. So we're covered for 80%. So then we'll get 80% of 80%. Okay. So def- definitely a reduced coverage because statistically they know that uh, planting a crop this late has added risks when it comes to maturity. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is just another, another one of those things that we have to deal with. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I don't know. It's a big business, hey? And even if you're not a huge farmer, there's so many moving parts and risks yeah. involved in whatever size your operation is. Yeah, it doesn't uh, matter what size of farm you are. Like, we're still all putting a seed in the ground, you know, and we owe, we owe the six inches of topsoil and some rain. 
uh, to grow our crop. Whether you know, it doesn't matter what type of farm you're growing. If you're growing, if you're growing a garden, even you know, it's yes. like this. It just it has to all happen in a timely fashion. Only so, when we have gardens, we can pull the garden hose. Yeah, and pay for our water. That's right. right? It's a That's different. right. Yeah, but yeah. but nonetheless, like it's just it's all it's all relative on, on the size, and you know, whether you're farming. 10 acres or 100 acres or 5,000 acres or 10,000 acres you know it's it all becomes some some sort of relative number but but we're all doing the same thing we're all putting the seed in the ground yeah. and hoping that we have a bountiful harvest in the end and that creates bounty for the entire region yeah. and for the country and it just it just kind of snowballs right the, the parkland the parkland feels the the bounty like a, a good harvest. Um, the parkland uh, feels that, but we come through some tough years, and you know the businesses also feel that. You can talk to anyone in St. Rose or in Dauphin or, or anywhere in the parkland. You know whether they're selling snowmobiles or whether they're selling cars or whether they're selling you know cheeseburgers. Mm-hmm. It all makes a difference on how the farming economy is doing. Because uh, we, the spinoff is is pretty huge. Um, and then I guess one last thing I wanted to ask you. I guess just in closing, I know we're gonna have uh, <laughs> Rob's gonna let me drive the tractor today. So quite an adventure again to be had uh, here in Real Conversations. Um, my, my one last question was with all things taking place with the COVID that kind of swept the nation, swept the world. Um, now we have the war in Ukraine. Uh, they're a big producer of, of, I guess it would be crops, right? They do yeah. lots of wheat. They do sunflower. Sunflowers. I know for sure. Yeah, they're they're a large producer of a lot of a lot of crops for sure. So with these things happening um, and these shortages and delays and uh, you know and if the weather doesn't cooperate, how do you? How do you see that as a big picture for like shortages, like food shortages? They're talking about it on on the internet. They're talking about it on the news. They're talking about plants being shut down, and there's a shortage of milk for the babies, and like there's all sorts of stuff kind of going on in the background. Yeah. You know how important is the contribution for the parkland? I guess is my question to to the whole. Well, it's interesting. So, the past two years, like in 2021 and 2020, uh, the canola crop in Western Canada and Canada's a major producer of canola. So, canola is like a veg oil used for cooking, frying. Um, and really, if you ask anybody around that farms, um, likely don't have any canola left to sell. So, so we've seen canola prices climb faster than any other veg oil price and it's it's time to a point where you question whether you should buy it so the person buying canola to crush to make oil says can i buy something else so we, oil, we're destroying be- the demand because the price has gotten so high oh. that they are only going to use it where they need to use it and they'll use something else as a substitute and so Western Canada has come off three, two years of drought, um, and we produce a lot of Durham. So these are prime examples of, of you know, poor production, and the and the market changes. So I would say if you go to the store, go to the co-op or go to the Safeway, and you look at, you go look in the pasta aisle, and you go and read the ingredients on your pasta. Good, high-quality pasta that Italians would love will be made with pure Durham semolina. Okay. 
they are substituting that out in a lot, some cases because there's the derm price is so high wow. because there's a shortage of production in Western Canada and some of the U.S. states. So. You know, those are those and the are. The past is not the same. It's, it's not the same, and I know. I bought some. I, I bought Yeah, I bought. I've I've done the same test at home. And they told me, "Oh, this is on sale." And stuff. Sometimes the stuff that's on sale isn't the diluted stuff with yeah. a different wheat. It's this, but so we. I did the same thing, and I actually mixed them together, and you could pick out the noodles. One's soggy. Yeah, <laughs> one's a little fatter noodle, like not yeah. as not doesn't have the same texture. So th- those are just things. So you know, we talk about the war in Ukraine. Yeah, they're a bread basket. Uh, of, of exporters, um, they, the, the uh, Ukrainian farmers still out there seeding. You know, and you, 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 I've seen videos on Facebook and on Twitter because uh, the Ag Committee on uh, community on Twitter is pretty large, and we communicate with farmers all over the world a lot of times. Yeah. And they're wearing their bulletproof vests and they're getting out there and they're doing what farmers do, putting in the crop wow. as best as they can. That's incredible. But whether they can export that crop, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. th- there's a lot of things that happen. So, just the shortages definitely raise food costs. Yeah. But what a lot of people don't know is like, so one one bushel of wheat will make like fifty six loaves of bread. Okay. So even if even if the cost of wheat doubles, the loaf of bread shouldn't double because of the cost of wheat. Because the cost of wheat is only oh. a small fraction. Okay, good to know. Like the raw product is only a small fraction of that cost because there's manufacturing costs, there's advertising costs. You know, the, the people who work in the factories or in the in the mills, they they all get paid, right? Yes. So, so we'll see those increases, but when there's shortages, we'll see substitutions, right? Right? Yep. You know, yep. um, you know, if you're a beef eater and you you have extra money, you're probably buying. You know, sirloins, or, and, or, or yeah, or something a little higher end. Yeah. But maybe now you're buying round steak, or you're yeah. buying hamburger. That's right. Because it's it's more affordable. You're still getting beef, and you still like, you know. So you'll you'll substitute down to what people can afford. And survival, right? We Absolutely. all have our basic. When, yeah. we, when when there's a when there's a pull on our finances, and everyone feels it. We all have enough common sense to pull back usually yeah. and realize you got to save for a rainy day or you've got to start right pulling back somewhere so you, you can go only without, afford so much right without. exactly grandma and grandpa huh and sometimes <laughs> the, the 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 higher quality nutrition is the more expensive stuff unfortunately yeah but yeah. but i think the the cost of food um you know the inflation we've seen food I wouldn't relate it mostly to crop prices. Okay. I would relate it as much to transportation and, yes. and those costs because we know um, food travels a long ways. Yes, it does. You know, just because I grow, you know, canola is a prime example. We grow canola here in St. Rose. Yeah. Um, the closest crush plant is in Yorkton, Saskatchewan. So it's really not that far. Okay. Uh, but then it'll come back. So they'll crush the oil in Yorkton and it'll come back to St. Rose. So there's a cost just to make that loop. Okay. Um, but if you were buying, you know, strawberries from Florida in the middle of the winter, yes, uh, that's a longer truck drive. Right? Of course, yeah. You know? and, and we all see those prices. So, <laughs> so like I think, I think some of the fuel costs and the transportation costs yeah. um, really play a factor into into our food inflation. Yeah. More so than farmers. Uh, I wouldn't say we're charging more for our crops. Yeah. The market is driven yes. that way. We're more, this is what we're offered. And of course, I'll take a higher price any day as a producer. Yeah. Um, 
but but the demand says that the price has to go up because yeah. there's not enough to go around. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I, it's actually really great because I never really thought of it from that perspective. So yeah, that's cool. yeah. Like there's there's some concerns about production around the world. There's a lot of wheat, like. Wheat is grown everywhere. If you would look at a map, yeah. and the, when wheat harvest happens, there's very few months in the year that there's not wheat somewhere in the world being okay. harvested. Um, canola is different because it's more strategically grown in different climates. It's like you know, Western Canada thing, an Australian thing, okay. a little bit in Europe, but not as widely grown there. So it's it's more. Uh, its fluctuation due to weather or supply is more widely seen. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's 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 a big world out there, and you know we we all do our part to fill that that link in the chain. Right. You know because we know that just because some of many. Some of many exactly. Yeah. Okay. And, and that you know, we've become a. a we are everything we produce has gone everywhere like just like when you buy something it's not just made in Dauphin no, you know right. it's not just made locally it is nice when it's made locally but yeah. it could come from anywhere yeah. and you know we buy stuff from all over the world and we hope people buy everything from Canada as well so right. you know it's kind of give and take yeah. uh, that we've, we've become exporting the world exports around the world yeah. and those shipping shipping lines and you know container shortages and all these things like they all add a lot of cost yes uh, yeah and strange things that i think a lot of us didn't see coming yes right? like yeah. container shortages I just, yeah, yeah was well the freight on a container used to be like three thousand dollars from china to canada yeah. and now they say up to thirty thousand so if that was filled with tires or tvs yeah. you know or grain or you know food like that that's a huge extra cost yeah Sure. Huge extra cost. Um, yeah, so those it's it's, uh, it's interesting times for it, sure. It definitely is interesting times. That's for sure. So Rob, um, we're going to go to I guess to the to the lesson, and I'm going to do a little bit of seating here yeah. with you. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to being able to, to come back here again, maybe in the fall or yeah, somewhere along the season. You're always welcome to come along. Yeah, sure. and we'll, we'll touch down to see how farming's going, you know, for you and for the area. Uh, because I think the parkland uh, probably it's like a Polaroid, it's like a snapshot yep. for people to see what's going on where we live right here at home. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. This is a clutch, so you're gonna push that clutch in. Okay. And we're gonna flip this lever into drive. Okay. And you don't need to put your foot on the brake. Okay. And then I'll just rev it up a little bit more. And then you can let go of the clutch. Slowly? Slowly, yeah. And Wait, where am I going? So, because we have modern technology, yeah. we'll push the engage button. You can let go of the steering wheel. Seems so weird. Okay, then we'll speed up a little bit more. Yeah. I'm just kind of lining up. A bit. Yeah, and it's going to line itself up. So then I'll tell you when you're going to push this one down. This one? Yeah. Because this is so it's already lined itself up. Yeah, we're so good I don't to go. Have to steer. No, not like when we were combined. No, exactly. Okay. Auto steer. So you can push that lever all the way forward now. There you go, and just leave it forward. 
because we don't miss a whole bunch of driving. So I didn't really want to, I was scared to actually do this because I was afraid we'd miss. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'll put a flag there if it's missing. <laughs> Tamara seated this. My role looks pretty good yeah. there, but you gave me the timing. That's okay. So we're only doing about three miles an hour, so we're going to pick up the speed a bit more. So we're going to, and then you can push, push the rabbit button. That'll shift us gears, okay? And push it one more time. So now we're gonna be doing right around five miles an hour. You can slow down a little, so pull the stick back a little bit. Yeah. There, perfect. Oh, I touched it. That's okay. We're all good. I didn't do it. No big Sorry, I forgot. No. I'm so yeah, I, I know you want to grab the steering wheel. Because so if you grab the steering wheel, it automatically comes off. It comes off, yeah. So hopefully I didn't do too much damage. No, you, no damage at all. <laughs> you might have a little weave in the row, but that's fine. Like, that's okay. Tamara, the artist is here. There's the squiggle. That's right. <laughs> oh, so... So yeah, so question, when you're doing stuff like this, how do you, like mental alertness, because, yep. because you have to be aware, but yet you're not like focused, and you said that when you have this type of technology with the with GPS driven, yep. um, it's a, you can do a lot more hours because you're not focused for intense periods of time, like you would have been... You said 20 years ago. Yeah, like in, in the late 90s, we, we started adopting uh, auto steer or GPS technology. And then you focused on a line. So you always have to follow a line and physically steer. So it was, after a long day, it was tiring. Um, when, when an auto steer came on, it allowed you to do a lot of other things. So you could be more aware of what's actually going on with your equipment. Um communicate with people, right. now you can do interviews in your own office, uh, <laughs> yeah. talk on the phone, like, you know, we know that our lives have been busy, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, we, we do more in a day now, um, you know, there's, that's why there's a lot of distraction, and, and right? And multitasking, yeah. right? So you become very much, you're a lot, you can multitask a lot more. Okay. Um, so you do a lot of your business communications for your farm, uh, and you're also the mayor of St. Rose, so yeah. you've got, you know, and you have a family. Do you have many hats? Yeah, so when I'm in my tractor in my office, I'm like, like, I can do a lot of things because I'm not just focused on driving. I mean, we watch for obstacles. Okay. This year we're watching for water holes and we have a power pole here, you know? Yes, so there's yes. things going on, but like you said, you can, I, you know, I can help uh, manage my employees and, you know, talk where they're going, what they're supposed to be doing. Um, you know, my family rides with me, or I can talk to them, or if I'm the mayor, you know, maybe somebody's phoning me, or I have office things to deal with. So it just allows you to do a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, and, and still accomplish. I mean, I can, I would never drive this straight if I had to pull the steering wheel, because I'm it's never known to be a straight driver. So <laughs> this has created uh, my ability to drive straight. Okay. And also... Like I said, you're also able to help manage the work of others, yeah. uh, problem solvings, etc. Because things will always be coming up in farming, depending on what yeah. you're doing and how many people are out working as well. And you said you have three tractors seating right now. Yeah, so we have we have one guy that's just working ahead, and then I have another guy that's that's oh, seating as well. Yeah. Uh, no, that's just the neighbor oh, there. And there's one down there. And there's one down there. Yeah. Okay. So. And there's like there's technology that what we're, what we're progressing to is autonomous technology. And so there are guys out there that will have a tractor or a, or a seating unit seating by itself. 
Okay, so it's almost like he's just getting into the AI, almost? Uh, to some extent, to like it's still, you would have to mark out your obstacles. Yes. And your, your perimeter. So it's a program. It's a program, yeah. And they yeah. know the land. So, so, but in theory, you could have five smaller ones working on the field and you driving one of them yes. and watching multiple vehicles. Right. So, like that technology is there in farming. It's, it's not it's widely not adopted, okay, but so it's, it's new. but it's fairly new, and okay. it's it's kind of it's interesting um, because modern agriculture has been always bigger is better, wider is better, larger we do more with less. Yes, but it's kind of reverting back to smaller, smaller and just more multiples of them. Oh, okay. So instead of having one giant pear seeder, you might have four. Okay. So they might okay. be running together, they might be running in different locations, but the good thing about that is they're running all the time, right? So I'm panicking because I see we're getting up on the yeah, other so side. Yeah, so we're getting close to the end. So that first lever that you pulled last time, I'll tell you when to, to raise it up, and then you do need to turn. Which way, right? You're going to turn that way. So you can lift up now, pull it all the way up, up, keep pulling it more. There you go. Is that good? Yep. And now, and now you can make, start making your corner. Turn a little bit more. Like way too fast? No, no, you're fine. I, I've given you lots of room here, so. Is this still good? Yeah, so now, now you can just push this button right here. Underneath, yeah, let go of the steering wheel and push that button. And it's going to steer us. Might, like it might be on the wrong row, so we're just, that's okay. We're going to just jump over a row, otherwise we'll have to. There we go. Now you're going to get ready to push that button down again. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's right. interesting because when you know it's... You can push it down now. There you go. Yep. Very cool. There you go. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit nerve-wracking because like, it was one thing to be able combining with you a couple of years ago, but to come out here now and seating and knowing, like, if I miss a row... Like, yeah, that combine driver will see that. <laughs> and, and they can't really adjust. No. Right? They just got to drive in the road. Drive in the road. Yeah, so it's a little bit, like I said, it's a little bit nerve-wracking, so I'm glad I have a, a very you know, a studious co-pilot. Whatever you do at seating time will be seen for the rest of the year. <laughs> well, I won't do too much until I have lots more practice. No so. problem. Who knows, maybe when I'm, like, retired from... Um, uh, show business, I guess. Uh, I'll be ending up coming back to my roots yeah. and farming and wanting to help. You know, I know a lot of farmers do that. Absolutely. And people and, in the community, they and, come back and learn it. Technol and one thing about technology, though, it allows a lot of people to operate. Dr. Brenna and Three Graces Medispa has been inspiring love, confidence, and health and humanity since 2019. Dr. Brenna's skin therapists have the advanced knowledge required to revitalize and rejuvenate your skin. Radiofrequency, microneedles, chemical peels, and oxygen nail superfacials are just a couple of the treatments we offer. To learn more about Dr. Brenna and Three Graces Medispa, visit our website at threegraces.ca or call us at 204-572-5774 for a free consultation. A special thank you to Bankert Marketing for audio and video syncing. Thank you to our show sponsors, Bankert Marketing, Dr. Brenna and Three Graces Medispa, Real Security Solutions, Roofs Furniture and Appliances of Dauphin, Oil Depot of Dauphin, Tri Family Health, Beauty and Fine Gifts of the Paw, Ramsey's Health and Fitness of Dauphin, Cloud Nine Canna Supplies of Dauphin, and Hearts to Nature Fine Art Nature Photography.
Like and subscribe on YouTube at Tamara Michelle. See you next week.